You're listening to Lessons from the Boardroom, a business podcast with Kevin Minton, CEO of Chief Executive Boards. Hey, I'm Kevin Minton, and welcome to our podcast. We're excited about hosting our guest today who started his career straight out of high school as a welder, a steel fabricator, and an erector, and progressed to become the president of Deerfield Construction Company in 1988, where he presides over the company today. My guest is Steve Bitzer, whom I've gotten to know over the last couple of years as part of our chief executive boards organization in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm really excited and looking forward to our conversation where we'll be sharing Steve's journey and some of the lessons that he's learned along the way. Please join me in welcoming our guest, Steve Bitzer. Steve, it's a pleasure to have you today and uh, welcome to our podcast. It's a pleasure to be uh, on with you, Kevin. Steve, uh, our listeners uh, really don't know that much about you. So what I'd like to do is just ask you if you could just maybe share a bit about uh, uh, a little bit about your personal background and about yourself before we get started into uh, discussing your career. Um, well, a- as you said uh, in the introduction, Kevin, I uh, I found myself um, in high school, uh, actually had enough credits to graduate early, but did not, um, stayed in school in an OWE-type uh, 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 class so that I could work and still go to school and play sports. Um, I played football and baseball in high school, and uh, and while working for my uh, father's company uh, in my in the summers and my time after school. So um, college did not uh, did not do much for me as far as uh, progressing my education. I thought that I could probably learn more from uh, what I considered uh, my mentors. Then I had a grandfather and three uncles and my father in this business all. Uh, working for the company, and I had had the awesome opportunity to uh, work with them and learn from them uh, throughout my uh, field career, I'll say. Uh, and all the stuff I got from them, I I still I still use uh, in my personal projects today, and my experience in uh, helping solve construction issues uh, and problems and and opportunities. Uh, Still today, so um, I'm very grateful for uh, having that opportunity and uh, being able to to grow within the company to be, to have the opportunity I have today to actually share that and be able to um, manage it uh, in the position I'm in today. Yeah, and it kind of sounds like uh, you know it's been a family business, and you're also uh, fostering, I think, some uh, some relatives in the business that uh, you. I think you have a son and a nephew that also works in the business that you're sort of shepherding and helping them uh, with succession. We do. Uh, My brother and I um, are are majority uh, ownership in the company now, with my dad being a, a partner. And Scott's son and my son both are here. Uh, they are both graduates of um, of college with uh, either a construction degree or a business degree. So uh, we've gotten that done with them. And now they are actually in the business and learning the business uh, with the plans of them taking the reins uh, when we 
when we walk off into the sunset. So, Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about Deerfield Construction. What do you guys do, Steve? Um, we're, we're a commercial general contractor. Um, we, we work nationally. Um, you know, we are, we're located in Cincinnati, Ohio, but, uh, quite honestly, less than 10% of our projects are local. Um, you know, 90, 90 plus percent are, um, mostly east of the Mississippi, but, um, uh, we, we do projects, uh, all over the United States. Um, and I'm licensed and uh, personally licensed in 13 uh, licensed states, and the company is licensed in 39 states. So, um, our our present strategy and has been our strategy for a long time is to do business with national account type clients. They could be restaurant clients, they could be grocery store clients, they can be uh, uh, gas station, truck stop. Um, type customers, which uh, we have all of that going on right now. And then we have other customers that are, um, uh, you know, we do we do a little bit of design build, which is the local business that we do. Um, and those projects are anywhere from 1.5 million to $5 million. Um, and they're, uh, you know, they're one-offs, which is uh, not what we do with our national accounts who are, are you know, we do continue business with. Um, and I find that to be, um, it's very, it, it's rewarding in a lot of senses that the relationships we build all over the United States are, they're awesome with a, a variety of people, you know, mainly subcontractors, uh, but the customer also. So, um, it just, it, it's been a successful strategy, uh, for years. It continues to be a successful strategy. And uh, we're not dependent on one, you know, one economy, whether it be, you know, local or national. Um, it works. Well, Steve, uh, it, it sounds like, you know, you mentioned this as sort of a family business and your father uh, was was in the business. Uh, you could have taken, I guess, a different path if you wanted to. But uh, share with us what what was it that sort of drew you? into this business and, and wanted you to get started in this business. You know, you and I had this discussion before and, and uh, we've had it in our, our CEBI meetings. And I, I can, I can look every one of those uh, individuals in the eye and honestly say um, at about eight years old, I knew what I wanted to do. Um, I would uh, ride my dad's coattails on the weekends, Saturdays when he would go to a job site um, to, um, you know, pick up the slack from maybe what didn't happen during the week because of weather or whatever. Uh, if it was, you know, getting him on a bobcat and me a rake in my hand and we're grading a slab to be poured for the following week, uh, those types of things. And I, I just, I loved it then and I love it now. And I, I knew what I wanted to do, um, from, from that point forward. So it was a no brainer for me. Yeah, it sounds genetic. Sounds like you you really uh, got it in your blood at a very early age, and uh, it's fantastic to be able to get up and enjoy what you're doing uh, every day. Especially knowing that you wanted to do that from a very early age. And Steve, now that you have progressed up to become the president of the company, and you've been there in that position for quite a while, 
What's the biggest challenge that you have faced since you've been in that position? Um, it, it's it, it's easy. Uh, that's an easy question to answer today. Um, it might not have been so easy uh, last year if we'd have done this at, at, at that time. But um, even considering you know our economic challenges in 2009 and 2010, and it it was horrible for everybody. And I I, I don't. Uh, it, it wasn't any different for us. So, but I got to tell you, my my biggest challenge um, as president of this company, hands down, has been managing this the, the COVID issue, uh, the pandemic, and then um, it has. I, I'm a people manager. I I, I love interacting with people. Uh, it's how I it's how I succeed uh, doing what I do. Uh, as president of Deerfield Construction, um, and then you know when the pandemic actually started, it was a, a different challenge every day. And being considered an essential business, um, and then not having anyone in the office, uh, it, it really, really challenged uh, my management style. Number one, uh, my emotional intelligence on a on a level I never thought I even had. Um, my faith and my basic family culture uh, here at Deerfield Construction Company. So um, I honestly learned more about myself in those th these past six months uh, than I ever thought was possible. And so Steve, what what have you what changes have you made along the way uh, as a result of this? What what are you doing to overcome these challenges? Um, well, we have at Deerfield always been able to work remotely. Um, you know, at any one time we'll have between 15 and 20 projects, uh, we are building out, uh, you know, in various places around the United States. So the project superintendents, um, are always working remotely, um, on their projects. So that part didn't really uh, phase us a whole lot from that standpoint, but it did, uh, it, it affected me when, you know, I didn't, I wasn't able to have project managers and support staff here at the office uh, to interact with, which is the way I get my information most of the time. Uh, I'm either looking at project photos uh, from yesterday or this morning, or I'm talking to a project manager about what's going on on the project uh, and not being able to do that uh, was was very challenging for me. And I, I know I, uh, I know I drove my PMs a little, little bananas, um, you know, when I'm looking through pictures and then I got questions and, um, you know, they're, they're just trying to keep their nose above water managing from, uh, from home. So, um, I had to really think about my impact uh, on what they do and where they're doing it from uh, versus the way I would normally manage uh, the business. So, so, so did that force you to maybe invoke a little more trust in those individuals or did you implement some technologies so that you could continue to do what you were doing in the past or what, what, what changes did you make or what did you do there, Steve, to, to overcome that challenge? Um, 
the trust factor um, has not ever really been an, an issue for me uh, as far as project management and superintendents uh, because of the way we're able to uh, see what happens on the project on a, on a daily basis. Um, my, my challenge was uh, not having the interaction. So um, I, I, I actually started to use the video conferencing a heck of a lot more than I ever used it before, uh, and it it caught on, and it's something we do still do today, and do a lot more of. Um, a, as you found out when, in our Zoom meetings with uh, CEBI, I I think that's awesome, um, a great alternative to um, overcome what's going on with uh, COVID-19 right now and the restrictions that we all have and, and uh, you know, a, a little bit of fear too of being with each other and, and exposing each other. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm a lot like you, Steve. I'm a people person and love to be around people. And I'm really uh, one of those that when, when that got taken away, uh, I, I, I missed that. And, the virtual meetings and sessions and things like that. While it was great that we have this technology today to be able to interact, imagine if this would have happened, say, 20 years ago when we did not have this technology, how much difficulty that would have that would have caused. But we do have it, thank goodness. And now that you've been able to implement some of that, and it, it was it was probably something that was kind of it sounds like it was forced upon you but based upon the the pandemic and and the situation if if you wanted to communicate still effectively uh that that you that you had to do it you had to go through it um so my question would be is you know what did you take away from this experience what did you learn from this what would you have changed in the past had you have not had this experience you know, what, what is it that you have, have taken away from this so far? Um, well, and, and again, you know, you know this because you hear it in the, uh, in the CEBI regional meetings that we have in our, one of my, um, in search of balance, uh, items is being conscious of myself. Uh, and my attitude and my influence every day, uh, finding positive in all the daily challenges and issues uh, and not letting anything negative influence or dictate what or how uh, I resolve challenges and issues. So, um, and, and one thing I did change uh, and I started to do, and I started this in week uh, two of the pandemic uh, of, the shut, of the actual shutdown is I started sending out weekly updates uh, to everybody in the company um, via email, uh, so it's it only goes to them, it only goes to Deerfield Construction employees um, about you know where we were as a company, what our uh, productivity levels were. It was how many projects we had in process, how many we were bidding, um, how many we expected, you know, all that kind of stuff. And and the feedback I got on that was. It was phenomenal, and since then, I have been asked by literally more than 60% of our employees not to stop doing that. They love it every week, uh, so um, I have continued to do that, and it it really gives me 
uh, a bit of a forum to talk about, you know, in in ten sentences uh, things that I feel like are would be important to to the employees uh, and myself. So, especially when it comes to being positive and and finding positive in your day. And um, the other thing was it reinforced. Uh, and I, I really had to change my my thought process regarding my customer contact, um, not just my employees. And I I, I, I look at um, my contact in the sense of I have uh, I have more than than one customer out there. You know, if I don't have a superintendent on site, I don't have a business. So that that is a customer to me. Subcontractors are customers to me. Without subcontractors, we don't exist. And then the person paying for the project and we're building the project for is obviously the ultimate customer. Um, and not being able to go to the job site and meet them um, like I do, because that's what I have always done, um, which today still blows me away that my customers' comments about my presence on the job site is still you know, really important to them and, and means a lot to them. And Kevin, I, it, it seems so basic from a sales standpoint and running a company that that sells our services um, at a at, at a very high level because of that contact. Um, it, I don't. I have never given my presence on a project or or what I do uh, that much credit, um, and since the pandemic started and I have actually been doing video conferences with customers, um, I, I really realize the impact of that now and that that has, um, it, it, it drives me to do more um, via, you know, Zoom or what we have in, in our systems called life-size video conferencing. Uh, and quite honestly, I accomplish a lot more. I'm I'm not on an airplane, I'm not in a vehicle, and I'm getting more done. So um, I, I just can't I can't tell you what I've learned uh, through this uh, that will really benefit myself and this company in the future. Well, it sounds like the transparency and the communication with your employees has been well embraced, Steve, and. And I applaud you for recognizing that and, and stepping that up with uh, with not only your employees, but also the communication with your customers and, and embracing the technology as well. Uh, that technology, as you as you mentioned, uh, that, that you discovered that it has made you more effective. You know, there's a lot less time on airplanes. There's a lot less time traveling. There's a lot less time discussing things around the coffee machine. I know that you kind of miss that interaction sometimes, but uh, it there there has been. It sounds like it has been a positive for you guys as a as a key learning. Uh, let's just kind of uh, pivot here for a moment, and and you know that's that's a great story around the challenges that you faced and and how you learned and adapted and, and embraced that. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your, your biggest success, uh, to this point, Steve. Uh, well, my biggest success to this point is, uh, ha has a lot to do with, uh, what I just talked about as far as the customer. Um, 
you know, 15 plus years ago, uh, it, it was normal for me to visit a, visit a project once or twice during the, the construction and then to um, attend as many punch lists uh, and turnovers as, as possible so that, um, you know, the customer would know that the, the leadership at Deerfield Construction Company cares about their project and, and uh, wants to turn over the best that they can for them. Uh, not giving that the credit it was due. Um, as I said, the, the, this pandemic and having to change the way I operate has really, really reinforced that, number one. Um, and I just, um, I never gave the significant recognition it deserves. Um, the customer appreciation for this uh, is, is still amazing to me today. And um, when I send, I personally send a uh, project survey to each customer when the doc, when the job is done and closed out to get their feedback. Uh, number one, what can we do different? What can we do better? What can we do to improve? Um, but also to get their input on what we do well, what they like, um, and, and what they what they don't like. So, and I get ninety four percent, ninety four plus percent return on those surveys and the other few percent um, is a conversation and I can have that conversation because I know who that customer is or who that person is and it's not it's not a big deal to call them up and and ask them the questions so uh, it it kind of gets me get, gives me the key uh, and ability to do that knowing them not just uh, by phone or or um, uh, by by Zoom meeting or whatever, um, so I, I would say my biggest success is um, knowing what the customer expects, uh, knowing them on a on a level that's more than just signing a contract or uh, you know seeing them once before the job starts and then maybe once when the job ends. That, that doesn't happen. So uh, whether it be virtual or uh, or in person. So, Steve, knowing what your customer expects, uh, I'm assuming that this is something that you have learned or discovered over time, uh, perhaps, as as you took the helm of, of the company. What was it that sort of led you towards uh, tor- towards making that shift or, or, or making that move so that you could uh, thoroughly understand and engage with your customers so that they do know that, that you know what, what it is that they're looking for uh, and, and can hone in on that. E- easy answer, Kevin. Uh, knowing what that customer uh, customer expectation is on a diff- on, on a higher level. Um, and then what, what really drove me or what drives me is, uh, and, and you were in my business, so you'll understand this better than most people. Uh, but generally in business, we all have competition and we all strive to do something our competition's not doing or something better than what our competition is doing. So um, that's what drives me. I want to be, I want to do those things and I want to understand what the customer expectation is. Anything that can separate me from my competition. Uh, make me stand out as a company, uh, make, make Deerfield stand out is what I strive for. So that, that's an easy answer. 
Okay. So just creating that separation, it sounds like, and it sounds like you've done a really good job of doing that, Steve. Um, at this point, and I always um, ask this question, what do you believe makes some people successful in their business? And why do you think that others tend to struggle? Um, I, again, I'll go back to what I just said. I think what makes uh, people in my position successful is having the ability to identify what you're good at and make it better and what you're not so good at and make it better. Um, and, and being, you know, being honest about those things, not living in, uh, you know, the, the, the world of we're, we're, we're good um, at what we do and you can be good at what you do, but if you're not striving to be better all the time, uh, then you're it's going to get stagnant at some point, and and you're gonna you're gonna lose employees, you're gonna lose customers, uh, and, and you're gonna it's gonna be a step backwards. So um, I I believe anybody who can identify the good and make it better, and anybody who can identify the not so good and make it better is is going to be successful. So it's just that really that constant improvement or looking to improve in areas where you can and not being stagnant and letting the competition catch up with you or, or pass you. Yeah. Continuous improvement is something that I really, I push here, uh, sometimes too hard. Uh, and, uh, I promote it and we reward it. So, um, it's a, what, what we do, as a general contractor, is a people business. I don't know how to change that part of it, but it's um, it's so rewarding um, and, and enjoyable right now that um, it, it's it seems a lot easier than it than it really is. Um, and like you said, if, if you enjoy something, it is um, it's fun. Absolutely, Steve. And, uh, you, you know, you, you've sound like you have really positioned this business well, and you've got a nice, well old running machine, uh, that even though you, you experience challenges and hurdles and things like that, you're adapting and, uh, you're constantly, uh, improving what you're doing. And I really like the idea of what you've done about being, uh, transparent, uh, and, and communicating with your employees and how they've embraced that. Uh, as well, Steve. And so at this point, uh, I'm going to ask you now, what is it that, you know, as the future unfolds and we start to uh, come out of the COVID situation, and this is being recorded while we're in the, in the COVID situation, what is it that makes you optimistic about the future of Deerfield Construction? Well, as many years as I've been um and a leadership role managing here at Deerfield, Kevin, I, I have, uh, I have the ultimate faith in, uh, in this company, number one, and the people here. And, and number two, all the years of experience tell me that, uh, that this too will be, uh, you know, ancient history some, someday soon, hopefully. 
and we will be better for it. And life goes on. Things move forward. Um, I have a lot of faith in, in the, uh, in the U S economy and, and, uh, I think we will overcome this and, and be better on the other side. I really do. Steve, I couldn't agree with you more. If I, uh, had a country that I wanted to be in where, uh, we had, uh, the opportunity to come out on the other side of a situation like this, it would be America. I would bet on America every time. So you and me both. I think you're in a, I think you're in a great mindset there, my friend. Well, Hey, it's been an interesting conversation with you today. And I really appreciate you sharing your, your wisdom, your knowledge, your challenges, your successes, your, a little bit about your journey with Deerfield construction uh, along the way. And so we're about out of time and I want to wrap this up. So I'm going to ask you, where is the best place for our listeners to go to connect with you, Steve? And learn more about uh, learn more about Deerfield Construction. If you want to know more about Deerfield Construction, you can go to our website at www.deerfieldconstruction.com. Um, if you want to to contact me personally, you can contact me personally at uh, Steve, all lowercase dot bitzer at Deerfield, and then the number one dot com. Um, and I, I'm in the CEBI uh, directory, so that that should be a no brainer. Or you can call me um, at 513-984-4096 anytime. Steve, it's been a real pleasure having you with us today. Our guest today has been Steve Bitzer, the president of Deerfield Construction Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. Steve, thank you so much, and I look forward to reconnecting with you again soon. Thank you, Kevin. The Lessons from the Boardroom podcast is sponsored by Chief Executive Boards. It's lonely at the top. But that doesn't mean you need to go it alone. We've got your back. At Chief Executive Boards, you have access to business best practices, insights, and resources that can help you eliminate the stress, anxiety, and pitfalls of running a business. Whenever you're ready, here's how we can help. Number one, get a copy of Kevin's book, In Search of Balance, The Business Owner's Guide to Building a Business and a Life, at chiefexecutiveboards.com slash book. Number two, attend a Chief Executive Board's event in your area to find out if CEBI can help you. For a list of upcoming events in your area, go to chiefexecutiveboards.com slash events or call 864-527-5917.